This 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 Let's be honest. Talking about our faith, it can get hard sometimes. Sometimes we get caught up in the world, but now the world will have to get caught up in us. We're here to talk about it. We're here to talk about our real faith. We're here to talk about the real God. For unapologetic apologetics everywhere, welcome to Tactical Faith Radio. Welcome to Tactical Faith Podcast. My name is Matt Burford, of course, and it is my pleasure to do something that I've been wanting to do for the last couple of months. I, um, I'm i a fat dude, all right? For those who don't know me, who, don't, who can't see me, I'm a short, fat dude. And I had the privilege of going to a barbecue place two and a half years ago, three years ago. I'm eating with my mom, and I see this dude come in, and I know who he is. I've seen him. I'm a huge Alabama football fan, and I say, I told my mom, that's Simeon Castile. He's got a he's got a shirt on that says "Pure Emotion" on it. Well, that ended up me figuring out who he was. He was he was he's a trainer, and uh, I was able to shed some pounds. I'm putting that back on at the moment, <laughs> but that introduced me to the Castile family, uh, a very well known family in our state and beyond. Uh, uh, Jeremiah is the father. He's with me today, and Tim is the brother of Simeon. Simeon's here today. A big football family. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, but not only a big football family, <laughs> they're also a big Christian family. Uh, Jeremiah and his sons. One is not here today. He's Caleb. He's the most famous one, right? Yeah. I mean, he's this I don't big know Hollywood. He's, he's more famous than Dad, though. He's getting there. He's close. Yeah. yeah. He's, he started early. He's getting <laughs> don't there. bother me. <laughs> so I'm going to – it's safe to say that you're a football athletic sport family. Yes. And in fact, Tim is married to uh, your wife, D, was also in basketball. Right? Yes. So she, she she won Miss Basketball in 2000, I think. So it's fair to say you're a sport heavy family. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But also a Christ driven family, right? Yes, sir. A Christian family. So <laughs> for those who don't know, I help uh, produce a podcast called Men of Steel. So this is kind of Men of Steel and Tactical Faith coming together uh, for the first time of many. So I'm just going to get right to it. We're going to talk today on the issue of should, how do Christians handle competition? That's the question that we're going to be dealing with mm. today. Uh, there is a new book out. Uh, her name is Cheryl Hoffman. It could be a guy. I'm not real sure. I was When I was studying about this particular topic, there's a book called Good Game, Christianity, and the Culture of Sports, where she advocates for us to start as Christians to look at competition in a different way than we have before. So for her, she's opting that Christians move away from from kind of uh, the sports like football and basketball and advocate for more tr- sports like track and field and swimming because according to their this person's thesis, uh, competition, as in aggressive, violent competition, is anti-Christian. What would you say to that? <laughs> hmm. I guess I'll tackle this one first, um, pun intended. Um, 
I just think about how the Lord has used the game um, of football in my life in particular um, and the lessons that I've been able to learn from it. Um, and there, I mean, not only for me, but there are so many believers that have played the game of football. Um, and I mean, really all, a lot of different sports, but obviously all I can do is speak on football because that's the one that the Lord used in my life. Um, so I would, I, number one, I want to read the book now. You got me interested to, to really just, I guess, um, dive deeper into why he or she says what she says. So it's a he, and okay, this is he. what he's, here's one of the, 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 here's a little sample from the book. Huffman suggests that sports would be better if they were joyous play. These are his words. Sports that is serious, but also is festive and fantastical. He's describing football. <laughs> the con- it is joyous. <laughs> so this, he says the concrete into a, into a religion more about doing than feeling. In his words, the concrete trumps the symbolic. Doing, achieving, and struggling are favored over mystery, joy, feeling, transport, and spiritual insight. So when he means the concrete, he means tat- the words and verbiage I hear you all use on Minasteel all the time. Competition, um, uh, toughness, habits of behavior where you're getting up in the morning and you're doing hard things, physical things. Yeah. Um, uh, and in the, in the religious world, this person is advocating saying that's being trumped over what he says uh, trumps feeling and uh, over f- the feeling and the mysterious. I would ask them how much have they studied the last 24 hours of Jesus' life. That's where I would go. I'm going to go right to the deal. (laughs) I don't know what he has read in the scriptures. And the preaching is getting ready to come out in me, brother. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, I don't don't understand uh, what he calls Christianity. Christianity, if you look at what Jesus went through, was violent. It's it's, it's one of the most violent, it was the most violent form of dying that the Romans had at that time. And so I don't, I don't, I can't go down that road with him. And I think that that is a fantasy world he lives in. That is not, that's, that's the way it'll be when Jesus comes back and (laughs) restores everything. But on this side, there's some practical things about life that's bloody, that's, uh, what's the scriptures? What, you look at, if God wanted it to be the way that they're describing it, then you wouldn't have this, the way that he died in the scriptures. You wouldn't have a lot of the stories, uh, the, the, the things that come with living in a fallen world. That's why we needed a savior. Boy, I wish you could, people could see what I could see. You know I'm not the one saying this, right? <laughs> <laughs> he is giving me the look. But so, what if this? What what, they, what do they say about foregoing sports like football, hockey, and boxing, and advocating for competition sports like swimming, golf, and track and field? First of all, Matt, what you have to understand: God has designed and built people differently. Swimmers are not built like. Football players, mm-hmm. football players are not built like basketball players. So you I mean you could you have guys that can do both? Basketball players, not football players, not built like soccer players. So you have to look at okay, 
did God design people differently? That ought to give us some insight as to how he's equipped them. Yeah. Hmm. So if he's designed them, so you start talking about going down this list, so it's people going to get left out. You start removing certain sports. Well, there's always band. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's right. Amen. There's a place for that. Sure. There's a, <clears throat> so, uh, well, take, for instance, David was a musician. Yeah. But he also was a what? Well, I played sports and I was in the band. He so. was a soldier. Sure. Yeah. He was a warrior. He was a full-bodied person. Person. Yeah. So, to me, when I hear what we're saying here, I, I start getting a little concerned about people are trying to live in a world that is to come, but it's not now. Well, e- so a world of ease. That's another good way to put it. Yeah, a world of ease. So, what is it about? Let's just look at football, not hockey, because football is your world. What is it about the competition of football for you and for all of you that really helped you draw you closer to the world that God has created and God himself and how he's revealed himself. I think one of the things that (coughs) correlates for me is that, okay, I think about how the Lord tells us that we're more than conquerors, right? And it's just to me, how can you be a conqueror if you do not have something that you have to go out and conquer? If there isn't a battle, if there is not a fight, then how can you conquer? Yeah. So in other so, words, so I'm, so it gets me back to my point of like football. Man, you have things that you have to overcome every day in football, whether it be practice, whether it be an injury. Um, the workout for that day, um, if you're playing a game, you know, overcoming fatigue and all of these things tie into having to overcome things in life. And depending on, so when you learn how to trust the Lord um, for those things in football, him helping you through an injury, him helping you through getting released or getting cut, um, all of these different things are preparing you for uh how you handle things in real life like okay so yeah so let's think about this a little bit further having an aggressive this person says these kind of sports create and promote an aggressive mindset you have to be aggressive dude the devil is i guarantee you when the devil is attacking your behind he's aggressive yeah so to overcome to overcome okay i've been divorced so to overcome that and it takes a, an aggressive mindset to be like okay look I'm not gonna I'm going to um, overcome this tragic uh, event that has happened to me or I mean any type of situation when where you know you feel like uh, there is spiritual warfare you know the devil is coming after you man you're gonna have to be aggressive like just going back to what my (laughs) what my dad said uh, bro jesus was a he had to be aggressive in his mindset to be able to be like okay i know what's coming um as far as his execution and how he was going to die you can't be he couldn't be passive in his mindset or guess what he wouldn't have gotten up there on the cross what an interesting word do you think christian men are asked to be passive 
like the the idea of the gospel is meek and mild in wanting peace over violence. We advocate for those things, but also it can't be that versus this. Like what you're saying about virtue and, and, and ethics is right. There there is something, especially in the man, the way we are set up, mm-hmm. that we there is an active quality of manhood that that is very Christian. It's God ordained, and there's something about sports and football in general, or even these sports that he's advocate, this person's advocating against, that help train our minds to be the type of men that we need to be, be active men in the world, yeah. not to be passive. I think about, okay, I just, well, you know, my son is like about to be five months and I have my mindset towards um, how I'm going to raise him and praying for him has been aggressive. <laughs> Me and my dad were actually talking about this on the way over here. Just, I mean, think about the world that he's going to grow up in, you know, 20 years from now, 25 years from now. What is going to be the state of, you know, society? And so for me, I'm like, dude, I, it's my job. It's my duty as a father to cover him in prayer every day, to read him the word every day. Even when I don't feel like doing it. So, I mean, having and so I just go back to being or, or tying that into being a football player, being used to working out when you don't feel like it, practicing when you don't feel like it, putting your body through t- different things when you don't necessarily feel like it. It's just trained me as a I mean, now that I'm a father, guess what? You got to do stuff when you don't feel like it, man. So how does competition play in? I want to win. I want my son. I want to set my son up with the best possibility uh, or best scenario for him to come to know the Lord mm-hmm. and to be, you know, and to find his calling and to live it out. So guess what? The devil is on the other side trying to stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. So do you see, and this is for all of you, do you see Jesus as a passive or active he came to the earth. <laughs> Boom. He <laughs> <laughs> came to the earth, bro. Um, having a baby. Mary had. I, one of the things that I, I like to. I was sharing this with my daughter. Uh, we were just talking. Uh, I said, hey, you thought about Jesus being a man? I said, I'm a man. I'm in the flesh. God, and I think that's where we, I say, part of our problem is we want to keep Jesus up in heaven. He's cuddly. He's cute. He's all, no, he's a man. And he came to the earth. He took on the enemy and everything about that. I'm telling you, we better keep, we better keep the cross in front of us. And, And I like to, because it helps me with my attitude every day I get up. And it helps me with my attitude when, when I look back at what God, what God equipped me to do. That was to play football. That was my, how God, his plan for me to come out of my circumstances, to go to college, to get, a, to get a scholarship offer. Hey, you, you know, I don't know where this person that is in life, but their socioeconomic situation was like. My socioeconomic situation was at a place where my parents couldn't afford for me to go to college. 
It wasn't cute and cuddly, the neighborhood I grew up in. I grew up in a neighborhood where, man, you know, as you hear them say, uh, a young black man is more allowed to be killed by another young black man in violence. Okay, So, that, you know, that's how I grew up. I was, it, it, it's a part of our world. Jesus came to die on the cross that we may be born again in the midst of this and the power of the Holy Spirit allows us to overcome it. I can tell you this, the Holy Spirit's aggressive. <laughs> he ain't passive. And God will tear down any wall, climb over any whatever it is, obstacle to save us. And so everything up to me about God is he's, ag he's aggressive. He's not passive. Um, and when I use the word passive, um, I'm, I'm from what they're saying, I don't think God, that's, to me, they're, they're, they have a world that is to come. That world is not today. Uh, Jesus came and he understood what he was facing in, that, in the world. He overcame it. We overcome through the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. We overcome those things in the world. So <clears throat> Christians today, and I go all over, right? All you have to do is believe that, and I got this from this article, all you have to do is believe that he died, talking about Jesus, for your sins, resurrected from the dead, and you're forgiven for what you do. Then your job is to go spread the message to as many other people as you can so they can be forgiven and go to heaven. Just make sure you give God the glory on whatever you do since you're still nothing but a filthy sinner. Full stop. Like, that's that's usually the message that we hear in church. But what it does is it foregoes the theology of everyday ethics of every day getting up and then because there's this new testament gospel kind of ethic of ethical transformation as a christian you know i'm, I'm studying first peter to do a, a conference on sunday there's this ethical there's this assumption that every day you're moving towards christ likeness mm -hmm. that there's something more than just our job is just to go and talk about jesus up in heaven he's not really here he'll be back one some other day you're awful you'll always be awful so ask Jesus in your heart to get your ticket to heaven and you're good. But other than that, you're good, right? So in other words, we, we, it, for those who live in ease, it's I got my ticket, my hopes that one day when I die, I'll be in heaven. Right now I can't do anything about it. Jesus is my savior, go on. But it foregoes an everyday ethic of saying, no, your job is to get up and be Christ-like right. in everything that you do. How you see the world, how you view the world, your feelings about the world, how you deal with other people, how you deal with your family. That's an everyday ethic that we don't think about. See, for me, that's where competition comes in and helps. It's the assumption, you guys who are athletes who've seen this at high school, college, and the pro level football, understand in order to achieve success in that world, success really is just the wisdom to flourish in that world. It takes you devoting every day of your life to that goal. And if you don't, guess what? You can't reach that goal, right? So football is its own little kind of continuum. It's its own little thing. In order to be in that world, there's laws about that world. You have to function a certain way to achieve success in that world. Now, how is that any different than where we live today? And how is that any different than the world that Christ is asking us to live in as his ambassador? And what you're saying in terms of Jesus is he's our ultimate model. Well, his march towards the cross is just as part, much of a part of that as anything else. Amen. Tim, you want anything? 
I'm just listening, man. Well, I'm going to ask you something specifically, Tim. So the other thing that he said was, and I'm I'm getting everybody mad here. Maybe he has other things to say, but (laughs) he also suggests that Christians forego victory celebrations since they suggest superiority rather than sympathy and concern for other people. This isn't a real book. Oh, it it is a real book. Like, that's what I don't, I just don't. So, okay, on one hand, he talks about joy in celebrating, right? Correct. But the Vic, like, so you can't have both ways. So (laughs) if I score a touchdown, I'm happy about it. There's joy, right? In other words, it'd be like, I guess in swimming, golf, and track and field, there is no victory. I guess it's God never saw somebody. Usain Bolt? Usain Bolt. (laughs) Or Tiger Woods, or one of those dudes. Winning. But I don't, I don't see the other side of what he's saying. So and that's what's fair. the? I don't, I don't see the other side of what he's saying. Um, how do? How how from his perspective, how are we supposed to live? That's a good question. I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure. Out. I, I think you, you, you can't be a wet noodle, man. I think there's probably something to what your dad's at getting to, which is probably a problem in all the evangelical churches, um, is this sense of there's the here but not yet strategy. So, in other words, we understand that we are living with Christ now, but we will be with him in the future, that there will be a realized heaven and an earth. We have to realize it here in our own life and in our own families, but it's not here yet. Mm-hmm. But a lot of younger Christians want to make it here now, Right. And it's almost impossible to make it here now, right? But a lot of these people, I, I, what the real deeper question would be, the person who wrote this book, what kind of life have they lived? Because mm-hmm. it sounds like a life of, of, of relative ease. How about in the scriptures where it tells us that you're to, you're to actually chastise your son or daughter in rearing them? Physical pain that you are to execute that you are to carry out i mean it talks about hey when take the rod and beat them (laughs) yeah this is another fun one this is a (laughs) men steel tf (laughs) no but there's something that's biblical your physical discipline so you're peeling the layers of of other issues here are we afraid of physical the physicalness of our Christianity. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the flesh and blood anguish of Christianity that in competition and in practice for competition, you get faced with all the time. Yeah. I mean, bef- before this even started, y'all were telling me about seeing there's certain God's glory and how he creates the structure of men and yeah. women's bodies, you know, in, ter- in, in terms of athletic bodies, prowess, and how you're always amazed that there were some people who could do awesome stuff but that's a physical thing right so are we are we not advocating for the physical aggressiveness and the things that it needs to do we need to do to make those things christ-like so in other words questions like should we be more healthy as a church yes lord yes <laughs> that, uh, to me as i'm listening what I, I i really believe in the practical side of faith you become what you practice so even with the, you take the sports that he's talking about, there's still 
Uh, if it's track and field, man, you know what's involved in that? Pain. Pain. I was just about to say. Get out there and run a 400 meter. <laughs> 800 meters. See, you know, some pain jump on you. Mm -hmm. So you can't escape pain. No. It's a part of this world. And to start trying to live my life where it's pain free, that, that's, not, that's not happening on this side. So he advocates feeling over struggling. I mean, there's there's no doubt in this thing, this article that I'm reading. But when you read things like the Sermon of the Mount, it's more practical and concrete than symbolic. Mm -hmm. How do you treat others? No, How do you think about God? these are real, honest, honest. things, right? And so, in other words, the kingdom of the God that he preaches is a very practical kingdom. Yes, it's not some mysterious, imaginative thing. It's an actual realized kingdom that will that that is here in Christ and will come when Christ finally comes back. But again, we'll, we'll have to pull back to sports. What does sports teach us about Jesus's kingdom here and now and kingdom to come? And, and what is it? What is it that we're missing as a church? Not not thinking about sports in a correct way to help us realize that. That's deep. <laughs> was, um, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, I just, I, I didn't. I'm thinking about it, and I could be wrong from my life experience, and that's all I can go from. And I haven't, and I didn't grow up like my dad did, but it wasn't ever. Like, I don't, not being, a, I guess it is from, not being aggressive was never an option. So I don't, I, I, I can't see the other side of that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And so I don't know where we're, I don't understand where we're missing it um, as a church. It's because, every, like, everything, not everything, but it's about being victorious in your life. And that's how I think about the game in how I think about my life and being victorious in, in, in the life that I live. So, okay, so let me, may, may me, let me craft the question another way. When I hear what you say, Nick Saban, who's the coach of Alabama, right, the things that you say he advocates for and says to his players, a lot of what he says, and we've had this conversation before, it almost sounds like the same kind of wisdom you get in wisdom literature of the Old Testament or even the New Testament. There's things that he's advocating for that's not just for sports. It It is pulled and placed into the real world of how we live. Yes. You've told me things about Bear Bryant saying mm -hmm. if you if you if you took the things he said and applied it to the world that it and it works, what happens on the field this way works in the other world too or the real world. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't the church that way i mean why are we compartmentalizing athletic talk for the athletic world but because there's a price to pay okay the problem is people don't want to pay the price and what's that price it's the price of you getting up every day as i like to say looking in the mirror as coach bryant would say and say at the end of the day did you leave it all on the field <laughs> I like the word sacrifice. When we look at the cross, it's, we say it, it's the ultimate sacrifice. Our lives 
spiritually and physically when people matter of fact I pulled up this verse and I, I want to read it it's um it's in John 1 and listen to what it says uh, or it's in John 1 <coughs> verse 12 uh, let me scroll down to it And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the word, God didn't, God the Son didn't stay in heaven. He put on flesh. He became flesh. God became a man. And he literally went through life. That's why he understands it can, understands our pain our sorrows, our disappointments, all of those things that are, are part of life and you living life. And when you think that, I, I, when I read, when I hear what you're saying, that's escapism to me. You're trying to escape from living in the flesh. Hmm. And, and so this sacrifice that, to me, the real love, the, the word that I, I like to place with love is Love is sacrifice. That's what Jesus did. He was willing to give his all, spiritually and physically. To he was the propitiation to pay a price, and that's what we're saying. You know, it, to me, every day I get up, I want I want the word to become flesh. That is the commands that God gives. The word. It takes on flesh when I obey. Now, is that going to feel good most of the time? No. There's a price in that. But at the end of the day, then, as we have been saying, then we have victory. I believe God designed us for to, to walk in victory, to have a victory. I mean, to me, that's what it's about. Uh, it is about competing. But that competition doesn't start with the opponent somebody else the competition starts with me taking an inward look at my own life my own self and say these disciplines that say my coach has given me how am how am I carrying these out on a daily basis then ultimately you get you know what you get a chance to do you get it on a Saturday or a Sunday then ultimately you get a chance to go out and display that against uh, somebody on a different jersey but ultimately competition is not about the other jersey competition is about with me the disciplines that I'm going to put myself through so that uh, the word can become flesh plus we see these victory and defeat metaphors all in scripture yes especially in Paul I mean yes. there's a lot of victory defeat victory defeat victory and that's competition mm -hmm. yeah right. matter of fact you know when you read in second Timothy he says I fought the good fight if you know that fault and fight is, that's agonized. In, in, in the Greek, that's to agonize. That's what the word is, agony. Man, you sit and think about, he's saying, I fought. I finished. I kept the faith. And so if you're not willing to fight, you can't have victory. Hmm. So, I mean, think about when you think of the word fight. What comes to your mind? 
It's physical. It's physical, baby. Yeah. I mean, somebody gonna win. Is somebody gonna lose? Yeah. Well, on that note, so that hopefully we'll do more of these. But I think I think we've touched on something that I think is important in the church, not only to men but for the church as a whole. Um, if for those that are listening, if you want to look up Men of Steel, uh, tell me a little bit, Simeon, about Men of Steel and what y'all are trying to do, and um, in your podcast and in your nonprofit. Well, in the podcast, um, <coughs> I think we are trying to uh, tie in, you know, faith, family, and football. Um, living in the great state of Alabama and us having all played at the University of Alabama, um, we just felt like it was a great way to um, <coughs> reach out to men um, and women that want to listen um, and give them our insight on uh, college football and just life, um, what, what it means to, you know, walk out this Christian walk and following Christ. Um, we also, I mean, we just want to have fun with the show as well. Um, so um, I look forward to doing them and I look forward to us, you know, just growing the fan base and um, just getting the word out there about the podcast. And as far as um, what we're doing nonprofit wise and with the gym, uh, my dad has his own foundation, but, um, you know, us three are going to be starting our own uh, training facility and so we want to be able to do mentoring in there not just training the physical man um, but also uh, pouring into the lives of all of the people that come through those doors and that's you know emotional spiritual and of course <laughs> well i i counted a uh, one of my pleasures in life to be able to hang around you guys and uh, thanks for coming on and we will do it again thank you thank yes, you sir. Roll tide, sir.